Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the John G. Orles podcast, without which life would be incomplete and have little or no meaning. With me as always, joining us from Skokie, Illinois, is the man on the beat from johngsbeat.com, Mr. Jonathan Rasputin Robleski. John, how are you doing, buddy? I am well. How are you? I am good. We, uh, we're I was, it because I was feeling very theatrical today. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't want to know what that means. Uh, we're on a roll right now. We're having some really good guests and we're having a lot of fun. We're, uh, closing in. You on finally episode. brought one to the table. It's good. I, I, and I brought a great one to the table. Yes, uh, you did. We're closing in on episode 50, which uh, is going to be a, a big deal, our, our 50th episode. Uh, I'm not going to reveal anything about it yet. Just know that that's going to be a little different than some of the other ones we've done. So stay uh, tuned. Aren't Glenn Allen and Skokie declaring that uh, the John Giroles podcast day? Uh, maybe in the patches, in their respective patches. <laughs> if I could write it in there, I will. Yeah, I mean, it could be it could be planted in there. Um. <laughs> so anyway our guest today is someone i've actually known since uh high school uh so for me uh, i probably knew him and uh probably met him in like 96 or so and um uh since then he's gone on to uh open uh or be a part of uh, uh his family business uh which is a, a hair salon called hairborne and it's uh currently in Lombard off of North Avenue and 53 here in Illinois in uh, the Western suburbs. Uh, but he uh, is also a, a business owner for a couple other businesses. He is a photographer. He has done DJing. He is a man of, uh, he's a, uh, he can work with his hands. He can do like a Swiss army knife of a man. He is, he is a Swiss army knife of a man. And, uh, and I think there's no better intro we can give him than that. So why don't we just dive right in here with our good friend and now yours, Mr. Dave Ragona. Everybody, welcome to the show, my good friend and my hairstylist, Mr. Dave Ragona. How are you doing, buddy? Doing great, man. What's going on? How are you, everybody? How's it going? Hey, Dave. Your hair looks fantastic. Thanks, man. Well, I just got done up uh, last Thursday, so it's fresh. It's a fresh cut. It feels good. Um, Dude, we got to keep your hair buttery, bro. You need to have that uh, that dialed in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I wanted to start uh, kind of with how you and I know each other. Take it back a little bit. Um, so I met you in high school. Uh, we both yeah. went to Glenbard East and Lombard. Now, you were either a year or two younger than me. What class? What year did you graduate? It was 2000. So you were two years before me. Yeah, I was 98. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Um, How is it possible that you look younger than me? That's like some good well, family breed. That's good I don't family know. breeding. Is that, is that is that wrestling and training that does that's, that? I that's that's debatable. I don't know. Uh, it's a video but, filter only. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we, uh, yeah, I I, I want to say we might. I think we met in gym class or something like that. And yeah. uh, and for whatever reason, we got along really well. You've. You are and have always been just a very positive, upbeat guy. And I remember around that time, 
um, I was, uh, I was like just really starting to get into working out and everything in the gym. And, uh, you were, for whatever reason, you were someone who was like real enthusiastic about it. And you were like, good for you, man. You're like, dude, you look awesome. You know, like, it was just like, oh, yeah. you know, you were always so positive and, and complimentary and I've never been able to, I've, I've wanted to bring it up before when I've seen you. And then when I knew you were going to be on the show, I was like, no, nah, I'm going to tell him there. But I want you to know that that actually like, I still remember that obviously to this day. And that meant a lot to me. It was really cool. Right like, on, you were just like, you were like, good for you, man. You know, get out. Well, there. you turned yeah. into the beast that I know that you could turn into, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Dude, you know, it's weird. It's a lot of times, especially when you're in like the, the high school portion of everything, you know, a lot of people like really enjoy taking a lot of time to like rip people down. And usually people that rip yeah. people down are just people that don't want to dedicate the time to do whatever it is that they admire themselves typically, but it just sucks. I don't want to be like a suck human. You know what I mean? It's just like, you well, know, you never, you never nice have been and, and you, and you carry on in the same uh, manner to this day. Um, oh, it means a lot to me, bro. So, you know, time goes by, we get out of high school and everything and uh, you know, like in high school, I, I mean, you were a fairly fashionable looking dude, you know, and you too, you, you kept up nice, you know, you, you know, wearing yeah. your cologne, I bounced hair, around quite a bit. hair done up nice, you know, nice clothes yeah. and stuff, you know, it was, you know, and then, so like, you know, years go by after I get out of high school and then I hear that Dave Ragone has got a hair salon and I'm like, that sounds about right. I was like, <laughs> you know, well, and, yeah. uh, the original one that was in Villa park, right off St. Charles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 when I was growing up, I used to go to uh, Hair to Stay just down the road. Um, Dude, hell yeah. And uh, but uh, but I remember uh, here and that's where it was. And I drive down there, you know, on St. Charles and I saw the, the, the sign and I was like, oh, there it is. There he is. Now, my uh, problem yeah. always was, is that since like I was 15, I just cut my own hair. I just, you know, both the sides yeah. did the top with a guard and then just that was about it and as time was going on and on you know and and you guys had more of an online presence i'd see more and more stuff on there i heard more about it from other people because we have a lot of mutual friends and and stuff and um and it sounded really awesome and but i'm like i have nothing to bring to them so it was like i never got to i never got to do it so flash forward like almost 20 years and i finally one year uh like a year and a half ago decided to start growing my hair out and actually got out to a certain point where i was just like i don't know what to do with it and like i'm just making shit up now at this point you know as far right. as how i cut it and everything and it was last christmas actually it's been almost a year now but um it was last christmas and i was telling my brother uh i was explaining to him the the predicament i was in i was like yeah i'm like i don't know i don't and he's like well you got to get it styled and i'm like yeah yeah i guess i do and i was like well i don't know and and i always wanted to go to hairborne uh, but i never had a good i never had anything to go with and so yeah. for, for christmas and i and i told my brother i was like you know what i'm that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna treat myself i'm gonna finally go and go get the the hairborne treatment and everything that's what's up and well, dude, uh, you kept, dude you kept it i remember you had flat tops i've seen you in flat tops i've seen you where it was like you know maybe a two guard and then it was faded up on the sides but dude yeah. listen bro listen <laughs> if you were hitting that shit up yourself bro yeah, that ain't half bad, dude. That was like a pretty nice ass fade for you bending some mirrors around and trying to figure it out. You know what I mean? 
Thank you. Especially I, uh, with a flat top, dude. Flat tops are tricky. That's not, uh, you know. I, 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 I know. I had a lot. I mean, you know, there were some misses. You know, some weeks didn't go as well as others. But you know, on the whole, I, <laughs> you know, I had a folding mirror thing in my in my uh, bathroom, and I was able to check the back wow. and stuff. So to get just all, I had to do was get one even line going all the way around. If I got and that part, the rest of it was yeah. easy. So. Uh, but, um, so for Christmas, dude, brother... I, have, I have a hard time sometimes hitting up my own beard, dude. And I do this shit for a living. I swear to God, I could see yeah. the left side of my face better than the right side. Yeah. Like, I don't do it as well as the weird. beard. Yeah. But I think part of the listen, way it grows in too. When I'm trying to trim out like my sides and my beard. I don't know what it is. It's starting to make me, I'm like, dude, am I like, am I like blind on one fucking, I'm like what, <laughs> what is going on here? bro? Like, I'll get my one side buttered up. My shit will look all tight. And I'm like, all right, that's what I'm talking about. I get to my right side and I, I just like. The whole it, it all falls apart, you yeah. know. So I think I kind of got it smooth. And you know what's funny is that I have like a hair shop, so yeah. I look around sometimes. I'm like, don't I have people for this? But you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I uh so my brother ended up getting me a gift certificate for Christmas last year, and I and he was like, yeah. here you go, you got like three haircuts at Hairborn, you know, go there, and then. I started going and you shaped me up and, you know, and I kept it long for a little while there and stuff. And then I decided over you know, around summertime to try to mix it up. And I brought in a picture. I was like, what do you think of this? And then you found something that worked more to my style and everything. Yeah. But um, so I want to, uh, I want to, so that's kind of where we're at right now, but I do want to take it back a little bit and I want to find out between that time of me knowing you in high school and me finally getting to walk in the doors of Hairborn, how did this all come to be? How did you decide to get into um, doing hair and how did you start oh. this business, which I know is a family business as you've got family your family, business. Your yeah. family is working there as well. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, well, like I said, like um, I, I took the business in different directions for sure. Once I started taking more of like a leadership role and taking stuff over, but uh um, I was blessed uh, to be able to walk in. It was a little four chair shop when it started in Villa Park. Um, dude, like back in high school, man, it was awesome. Cause I mean, I was doing hair for, for everybody. And it's like, dude, and thanks for complimenting the gear, dude. I see some pictures of myself from back then. And there's a few of mine there that I'm just like, okay, bro, what the fuck was going on here? <laughs> no, but, like, it, but you know what? No. You pulled it off. You, it worked for you. Man. you. Like I, I loved it. Yeah. Dude, you want to know what it was, man? Is that like, that was the, the, like one of the best parts about high school is being like, especially being somebody that was interested in doing hair and stuff is because like, um, dude, like I felt blessed to just be able to like, uh, chameleon in and hang out with everybody. I didn't really try to pick like clicks really too much. I mean, yeah, you dude, were, I mean, like, you were a floating year, entity. Yeah. You kind of just went yeah, where you man, wanted to. If I was going to yeah. be hanging out with the football guys and soccer guys or some of the Dungeons and the Dragons kids, freaking we partied out, you know what I mean? Yeah. I hung out like rave kids, the punk rockers. I mean, I, dude, everybody had uh, a super cool, distinct, you know, like thing, you know what I mean? And, and that was probably one of my, my favorite parts about high school and actually doing hair. So like when the shop, we first opened it in 96, uh, it was like, you know, my, my dad, my mom, me, my sister was pretty small and I was, you know, still teenage and running around, but I, you know, I helped them put this stuff together. It was mostly my dad, and my mom, and we built everything. We didn't really come from uh, like any cash, you know, yeah. So it's like everything that went in there, man. I mean, my, my dad, for example, is just one of those dudes that like, you know, you give him like a, I don't know, a, a toothpick, a hammer and a couple other things. And he'll figure out how to build you something cool. He, he's a MacGyver. So, yeah, totally, man. Yeah. yeah. So I felt blessed that I was able to learn quite a bit of that from him. So, you know, we got that thing going in like a little four chair shop and uh, my mom, uh, 
dude, I don't know how to explain her. She's like the salt, but you met her, bro. She's just one of the sweetest yeah. women you're ever going to meet. And like, yeah. I'm talking about like a work ethic that, especially in today's day and age is like something that should be shown more and should, should aspire to, you know, she never uh, had any classic training in how to run those type of businesses or do anything. She just did hair forever. And she was like one of the best, you know, and still is like amazing. So when we opened that place with a four chair shop, there was no customers. There was just maybe a couple neighbors and like the ones that she was doing at the house. Right. Right. So there's nobody like going in there. There's nobody to run the desk. There's nobody that's answering the phones. If somebody walks in, there's not anybody like, I mean, it was just her. Yeah. So when I was in high school, like I, I started like, you know, I was doing hair in high school and stuff like that. And it was great, bro. Like I said, I, I was friends with so many people that like so much weird shit that it was awesome. I mean, doing, going from like, dude, like your class A high end student, like, you know, want to get straight A's to like some punk rock or rave shit. I got to do all kinds of different stuff and it was awesome. So I started cycling some of those people through the shop. Um, and I was, as I was getting my license, I was working. And then after I got my license, got out of high school, and then I just dove right in and started trying to just, you know, help build the place, build my clientele. Um, and then, you know, like we got really big. I kept on expanding it. I opened it up to the full capacity that I can like as much space as I can utilize in that building that we had. Yeah. And then we wound up taking the unit next to it, which I can get into in a little bit. But that was about the extent of growth that we could have at that location. But I was able to get I think I had I think I had eight chairs like mm -hmm. finally in that one, you know what I mean? Which was pretty yeah. cool, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, dude, I, I don't know. It's, it's weird because the, the, the thing that's weird about that industry is that you're dealing with vanity, right? Mm -hmm. So that, that's like a very, um, it's a very interesting um, part of like the, the, the human condition to deal with because you have this amazing type of power where if somebody's walking in and feeling like shit, if you could talk to them with a, you know, a kind voice and actually have a listening ear, listen to who the person is, find out how they talk, how they move. And when you're trying to construct an idea to, to give them something new, if that's what they're looking for, and you could just go in how, how their personality, dude, how they sit, you're watching body language, you're listening to how they talk, they give you some kind of idea, and then you work out this whole entire thing. And when you see them turn around in the mirror, and you could tell that that person that walked in not feeling great, uh, mm -hmm. is feeling yeah. pretty awesome feels good about themselves and walk out. It's probably one of the most rewarding things about our business, you know, like, yeah, um, I imagine, you know, like you could do really well, uh, when doing hair, especially if you get really good with like a monstrous clientele financially, which is great. But, um, when you're able to con conquer like the shittiness of people's like, you know, feelings when they walk in, yeah. have them leaving feeling good having their head held up high that's like that's you know that's where it's at man no you know man I mean? I, and i could speak to that i mean like i i always walk out feeling better having a, a fresh cut and everything and you feel but you do feel good about yourself you feel like you're yeah you know, hell yeah it's man. just it's kind just of like feeling a, sharp it's like you feel a little renewed you know and you're ready to go and it's you know start again and it's it's right you know, it's pretty no that's i'm glad i'm glad to hear that and i'm not surprised that's your attitude about it either but um oh, thanks man yeah no um, it's, the, it's the best it's probably one of the best parts of that whole thing and like i said for our high school career when we were all tromping around together dude our school man you know east had such a a, a killer variety of just it was very diverse people. yeah it was very diverse. it was very it diverse was, like yeah, yeah it was cool yeah yeah, it was pretty cool that way. So I got a lot, I got a lot of opportunities to do like super odd stuff to like, you know, like fashion stuff to like, you know, yeah. What the hell was the name of the guys in all the eighties movies that like wore the sweaters over the top and played tennis and shit. What do they call them? Oh, yeah. oh like the preppies and stuff like preppies. that. It yeah. was preppy, but there was a word for it. Uh, Prebs. Pre what was it? I don't remember. 
You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, though. I know I what you mean. Yeah, 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 like the, the had the nice part in the middle, and it, but right. it had that like wave. Yeah, like the Zach from uh, Saved by the Bell type of thing. Exactly, yeah. bro. Yes. Just yeah. Dial them up with the highlights. <laughs> yeah. you know? um, so you ended up getting big enough that you uh, ended up moving locations, and now you're in. Uh, is it's still Lombard, right? Yeah, it's Lombard. We were in Villa Park before, and now we're in Lombard. But yeah, now, we, we went right. from like, we went from roughly like maybe a twelve hundred square foot main floor shop and then in that same building we had an opportunity to grab the unit next to it which i think was 900 square feet but that one um at the time my mom was also doing wigs and stuff um so she wound up doing more of those stuff on on the floor and then if you remember i started doing clothes then as well right i started a clothing company um with a buddy of mine and funny enough the first one that we did was called careless cherub and the whole thing that i wanted to do was i wanted to make like I wanted to make like rock and roll gear, but for like little kids. And what I mean by that is like, if you're a dad and you have a newborn son yeah, and you're like, I'm going to put a, I'm going to put a shirt with a hot rod on this little fucker. Right. Yeah. It's always a, kid, it's always a kiddie cartoony hot rod. The fucking car's got eyeballs. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah so like, yeah. essentially it wasn't anything that was like groundbreaking. I just wanted, I wanted to take a, but cool, that's cool though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A rock and roll shirt or a hot rod shirt, like, uh, and shrink it down and put it on, you know? So it was careless cherub. Yeah. And then what happened, what we do, we had one rack. It was this little tiny like rack that was made out of this gas tank thing. Right. Yeah. And uh, from there we had people that were liking the clothes, but wanted them in adult sizes. So we started doing (laughs) careless. And then we started doing that. So we moved into that 900 square foot thing. But before we moved into there, bro, funny story about that. We, we got these two little printing machines, bro. So after work, when I got done doing hair, me and my partner, Joe, we went in the back of the office. So when you went into the second area, you had this like little 500 square foot, like kind of showroom, but at the time it had wigs in it. Then you went behind that. It was this little office. Mm. And behind that was this weird door that had kind of like a closet. And then it had another door to the side with the John in it. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Dude, this thing might've been 10 by 10, bro. It was just enough for us to have two fucking machines. And we'd be standing there like nuts to butts, just freaking like trying to like make shirts (laughs) and shit. And trying to sell these things, dude. Me and Joe have worked close. And when I say close, I mean, it was uncomfortably close. You don't, yeah. you don't want somebody going to the bathroom and burning up the bathroom when you're working oh, on I'm just putting it to you that way. So that's where it all started, bro. Like, like the clothing portion of it. And finally, you know, we got, we wound up taking over the, sh- the, the, the front floor to put clothes up and build a little store and built our first clothing store. But we were still trying to build all this stuff in, uh, in the back in that little 10 by 10. Yeah. So... Dude, it was comical, dude. Like when I'm saying that me and him were making shirts, dude, we're talking like arm to arm in this freaking room. Just like <laughs> well, you're about you're, how, like, you're wearing one right now. It's called Crook County. Yeah, this is and... one of the newer Crook, the newer Crook County ones. We yeah, kinda, so... we, did, we did a lot of like real crazy design stuff where I was doing like um, a lot of the drawings for it and everything. But it's weird because Crook Crook is just kind of like I like it better uh, when it's just a straightforward text design. You know, yeah. uh, you know what I'm saying. So it was yeah. kind of one of those. But, well, uh, but it's uh, it, it's still going, and and you can it's still, still get... live, man. Through all yeah. this crazy stuff, we're still in it. Yeah, yeah. So okay, now yeah. I want to talk. After about... that is when we wound up moving. Is what I was getting to, but yeah. So yeah. yeah, so I've only been to the new place. I never got to see the Villa Park one in person. I saw pictures. Um, it my, was a trip, dude. It was a my, trip. I had my, that thing like like one of those crazy. Uh, uh, dude, I just, I, I like collecting weird stuff. Like, you know what I mean? And like, 
why wouldn't you display it? Like when I was ripping apart one of the walls to open up the shop, somebody yeah. stowed away like four like 1970s beer cans like up in the ceiling when I ripped it down. <laughs> So it's like I just cleaned them off and displayed them. I mean, I had everything—the craziest shit in that place, like like everywhere. I'm like weird with antiques and weird shit. And and that's something I wanted to talk about too. Is is if you yeah. walk into this place, the atmosphere is like nothing else, and it's 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 almost like a museum in one way, and yet it's very warm and inviting at the same time. The the sure. lighting, you, the lighting, the colors, everything is is just awesome. And so, like a couple of visits ago, I was asking you about when you walk in. There's this chandelier mm-hmm. hanging over the entryway, and you said you and your buddies built this thing. Me when, and my pops, yeah, yeah. Okay, so tell tell the story about about this thing and what you made it out of. Well, it's weird because uh, um, you know that whole thing, like one man's garbage could be another man's treasure, that type right. of thing. You know. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, trying to build this grand idea, uh, and trying to be, I guess, like a baller on a budget, if you want to call it that, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like I had stowed away cash. I sold a bunch of stuff. I've done like side work on, on, on cars and, and worked with different stuff like that. So I was like flipping some cars. I did some other stuff over there. I was trying to save cash to get money. If an opportunity like this would, would arise. Um, so that bringing that into what it was with like the chandelier, like the decor in there is a lot of like lifelong collecting stuff of things that I would come across and think is really cool. And uh, I finally have a space where I, I've got a you good amount to go display, before it's yeah. overly crowded and shitty. You know what I yeah. mean? But the chandelier, um, it's dude, it's like trying to make something awesome out of whatever you have. And I, uh, and, and, uh, is it like, man, a, it's I, like a, it's like a, what was it? A wheel or dude? It... Yeah. Well, it, remember it looks, it looks like a, like a pirate ship wheel. It's right. Got the outside yeah. spindles, right. So what that actually was, was a round coffee table. Oh, that's that right. I that's moved, right. sat on it, blew the glass out of it. So here's this piece of shit coffee table. That's all busted up. I wound up going to restore. Cause I was like trying to find chandeliers when I was trying to like design the, the space and dude at, at restore, you could pick up these weird, cool, uh, gold chandeliers like, dude, I, I okay, so so it's, it looks like a pirate ship wheel. You've got a main hub of chandeliers, and then you have like eight of those chandeliers with the with the cylinders around them, right? And then right. you've got the spindles and the pirate ship. Dude, all those chandeliers that are hanging on that thing was like I picked them up for 160 bucks. Okay. Yeah. The, it was a table with the glass blown out of it for the circle. My dad and me went and picked up spindles with some knobs on the end of it. We just freaking drilled and assembled this whole thing, made it look like a pirate ship wheel mounted all the chandeliers to it and then rewired everything to go to make it like one big chandelier. Oh. So, you know what I mean? Well, we got to get a picture of that up here. I'll so send it to you, man. Yeah, because it was that's... the best polishing of a turd you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> no, it was, it's, it's, it was a it's... shitty table. It was like the worst table. It was the table that if somebody gave you, you wouldn't, you'd kind of want to throw it away, but you're like, oh, I could set something on it. We'll put it but in the basement awesome. somewhere yeah you know yeah you yeah know. no but i was i just remember like i was just kind of sitting there in the chair one day you know waiting for a minute and i just like was looking up and i'm like that's just like the wildest chandelier man i'm like how the hell cool. you? i figured you had to have put it together yourself but i'm like even for still sure. i mean it's very <laughs> creative you've got to uh you got a skeleton on a bicycle up on the ceiling somewhere yeah i've been like a huge that. fan of uh lowrider bicycles man and i always i always i just i just love them lowrider culture as a whole i think is one of the coolest things ever like yeah. the stuff those guys do to their cars and are able to make their cars do and i i've i've done a lot of stuff with like low riders but it was more like hot rod slam bagged you know 
So yeah. it's like airbag. You roll up and hit a switch and your thing will pancake on the ground and you look like a badass. But these are the dudes that can actually hop and do all the cool shit. I never got there. But like in that culture, like the lowrider bicycles was my favorite. I finally found one that was pretty awesome. I didn't assemble that one. There was a pretty weird story with that one. How do you too, get man. all that stuff up on the ceiling, man? I mean, it looked, I mean, <laughs> dude, making sure I strap it up, dude. I don't have the luck to be like putting it up there without being sure. You know yeah. <laughs> Seriously. They have like freaking pirate ship wheels and ske- cholo skeletons falling out of the sky, just crushing people's heads. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, oh, yeah. So uh, even beyond all of this, I mean, you're 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 a very multifaceted and very talented guy. I mean, like you you certainly have an artistic side to you. There's no doubt about that. That you get to express not only through like making that chandelier, but through obviously through doing hair. You said that you've done drawing before and things like that. You've done music before as well, right? Yeah, I used to DJ, man, actually. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I, I love that. That was probably one of the greatest times ever. I started getting into music production a little bit, but I got so I was getting a lot of gigs playing music. Um, and uh, that, that was a blast. Dude, I got to play at all kinds of places that like I can't believe I still got to play for. I got to play at Crowbar. I think I played there like, I don't know, almost maybe maybe 10 times, I think. I got to play there for two New Year's parties right, right after Mix and Mark. So it was weird when you're playing that thing. Like Crowbar Chicago is like, still to this day the coolest place in the city that ever was for music man it was like this industrial style nightclub if any of you guys have ever been there just incredible um and it's weird because like mike uh mark played peak hour okay so that would be like 12 to you know 12 to 1 to 132 if he was feeling squirrely and wanted to keep going (laughs) and then i would play from whenever he got done so let's say he decided he was done at 130 i'd play him from 130 into 4 4 30 now, yeah. in a lot of clubs, you think that, like, okay, after peak hour, everyone's starting to slow down and go. Crowbar was amping up. It was unbelievable, man. Like, and it was it was at the time when people went out, dressed to the hilts, crazy costumes, makeup perfect. Wearing cologne. Wearing cologne. Yeah. Wearing perfume. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But the best part of it, brothers, okay, the best part of it is that when they went into that place, okay, the inhibition, okay, of looks was fucking right out the window bro i mean yeah. they went there to sweat and get down and dance and have fun i mean people would just be walking out of that place looking tore up and they had the <laughs> night of their lives you know? that's awesome but dude you one know, of the funniest things ever is that i like whenever i was djing i got like a decent amount of success getting to play at all these clubs downtown and doing this shit the funny part of it is is that uh i never i didn't keep the same dj name for very long i, would I was switch just to gonna something. ask you what was your handle yeah what was oh bro dude i switched it all the time because i thought it was hilarious to see it on the flyers yeah <laughs> dude so, li- listen well, to me one of one of my dj names okay was beanbag jenkins okay and bro if you can imagine being in this crow's nest in front of like three thousand people it's cram packed and the lighting guys next to you and the lights are going off they got these jumbotron screens and you're sitting here, you're mixing, and people are jumping, and all of a sudden you see Beanbag Jenkins, like I'm like the name, like floating on the jumbotron screen, like yeah. this. It was ridiculous. <laughs> it was so stupid, but it was so fun, man. I did uh, Dick Cottonwood, Cranberry Jerry, uh, geez, Cranberry man, Jerry. <laughs> My name backwards. Uh, at, at dude at Energy Nightclub, Zoolander had come out, and I thought it'd be funny to de- go as DJ Inca. What the hell was the name? Uh, oh my God, Inca Inca Katinka Kahogan Bahanahana. I can't remember how it was. I spelled it out weird, and yeah. I put a whole bunch of my friends on the list. 
and gave the door guy the name. It was like that long. And I said, so they had to say it when they come in. If they could spell it, then they get in for free, if not charge them. It was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> we had a lot of fun with it, man. I just, I didn't take it too seriously. Uh, um, I, I took seriously trying to be good at doing it, but yeah. it was just so fun when you got to do it, man. And plus it was weird because most of the guys that were like the bigger name dudes, um, they had such a good hold on the city. I mean, I didn't know where I was really going to go for it. It's like when I think of like people that are supposed to go where they're supposed to go with music, it's like your brother, bro. Like, yeah, he's one you. he's one of my musical heroes, dude. Like he, he has been thank since you. I first heard him play. He I think he will always be. Uh, oh, man. And, and the name his name and for his personality, Professor Click. Yeah, he's he's just such a stallion, dude. He, yeah, he, he, yeah. Like, <laughs> that, makes, that makes sense to me, you know, like. I'm fucking over here, beanbag Jenkins. What the fuck yeah. am I really thinking I'm going to do here? You know? <laughs> well, I I appreciate that, and I know that he does too. He's a he is equally, and I I can say this without any question, a very very big fan of yours, just as a human That's awesome. being. Yeah, I, I mean, love like, that guy, man. You're anytime, all family. You and your brother are like the salt of the earth, some of the best people ever, bro. Any anytime I tell him I I talk to Dave or Gona, he's just like, man, he's like that guy's the man. He's the man. You know, he's got nothing but love for you. I promise you. Oh, so. for sure, dude. I feel the same, bro. When I've been up there when he's playing, yeah, man, I'm like. Dude, Professor Indeed, bro. What is yeah. he bringing up there? <laughs> I had like turntables and shit, like a fucking mixing board. He's got panels and freaking keyboards, freaking buttons, loopers, like Pans all this other stuff. stuff. Yeah. And he's doing all this crazy shit. And yeah, like and... a symphony of music is coming out of this thing, man. Every time it'll blow the back of my head right off, dude. It's yeah, it's something that I always try to explain to people that like, if you just listen to his recordings, you may just think that it's just a bunch of electronic, you know, stuff that's been programmed in or whatever. But it's dude, like, no, so much he's more. legitimately playing all of this. It's right. got an electronic sound to it. But like, if you see him play live, you're going to see him on keyboards and running three or four different machines at one time and yeah, like you dude. said it all comes out and, and just it was amazing awesome stuff so. bro i got to i got him to play like we we did like a mini hair show at brower and i wanted to do kind of like a cyborg uh like cyber chick type thing man and i always i got really into building stage props yeah so like i just dude i built these two giant boxes that would light up and the girls looked all like cyborgs and the whole thing that i needed is like the girls at all these particular parts of uh your brother's tracks like they would like power their head up and their like lights would go on and they'd come walking out and they'd start dancing all robotic and like modeling <laughs> that's and awesome. then they like another part of the song they'd go like this and like go back into the box you know yeah it was freaking awesome dude like a lot of inspiration like uh um just in the movement from that movie the cell but it was funny because these girls that we got to dance man like super pretty okay yeah they were definitely dancers at, a, at an adult club Okay. Sure. Yeah. They knew and what they dude, were doing. Yeah. <laughs> they knew what they were doing. But like when I'm, when I'm like, we're doing a hair show and we already had it. And like, the, I mean, these were some sexy robots. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And they're just at our house. But dude, they started getting like, they started going like a little too adult on the show for it. And like, I was uh, so bad. It was getting a little <laughs> too much. Yeah. <laughs> You just gotta let it go. You know what I mean? I don't even know what the hell yeah, to say. Well, you know, Brower House, you can get away with that probably a little more. John, have you been there before? Yeah, I was there for a uh, um, a wrestling show. Yeah, yeah, they give yeah. Uh, they get they get some wrestling shows going through there. A lot oh, of major, yeah, just, a, a lot of midget wrestling time? goes through there. No, I was there maybe like three or four months ago. I know they've got they got a lot of midget wrestling. Yeah, yeah one of, 
one of our one of our friends paloma star she uh she's been in a lot of the uh the midget wrestling shows but the reason we're mentioning it is because brower house is literally like literally right next door to hairborne salon so yeah. that's that's well, where dude, i've been good friends yeah i've been good friends with steve for a long time man and like uh when the opportunity uh came across that he was opening up he was expanding the other direction and if i was going to do this i wanted to be butted up right next to Brower house because um the idea of what I wanted to build is I wanted to have something that was like an all include. Like if you go in the doors, you can go a bunch of different places and have a fun experience. Right. Right. And before everything went all crazy with the world, I mean, we had exactly that. Like we locked down the corner. I mean, so if you went in for a haircut, you'd be in to be able to buy clothes at the clothing store I had. You don't yeah. even have to go outside. You go right through the, you're, you go right through a door. You're going into Brower house. You can be listening to live music, comedy shows, drink booze, eat food, beer garden, retro arcade, go in the back if he's doing this big show. Like we had like this crazy, crazy thing going uh, before everything got all weird. Uh, and like still, it's still rocking and rolling right now. But like what that was before everything went nuts, dude, it was fun, man. You know, you'd have people yeah. that just be walking around, checking out everything inside there. And, you know, um, it's pretty wild because like that, that you, you remember that corner had been dead forever, bro. I mean, who was really dude, trying to nothing, be there, nothing was going on there before. And it was, it oh, was, nothing it was, survived. it nothing was semi, that, it was semi dilapidated. It was like, it was just kind of an ugly part of town to be honest. And it's right. like, now it looks sharp and it looks clean and there's business going on there and stuff. And for sure. Um, yeah, that's no. become a, that's become a hotbed for wrestling. The Brower House, all of a sudden, like five different companies are running there. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, it's a big deal for for the indies around here. Um, uh, one other thing I did want to mention about your your uh, about Hairborn was is that um, I've noticed that the uh, people who work there with you, uh, and I say with you because I know that's the way that you look at it and not for you. Um, for sure 100%. Uh, i i can tell that like you allow everybody to express themselves however they want they dress how they want they get to be who they are and and bring yeah. their own individual personalities to the table um and i think that's very cool one other thing i've always noticed too is i i in a given visit i probably hear you say thank you anywhere to five to ten times to other people working with you you know if they say oh, i'm gonna go do this you'll be like oh thank you so much i i really appreciate that and hey you know right. or they might just be walking by and sweeping up and be like hey i appreciate you doing that thank you that sure. i have the utmost utmost admiration and respect for that you know I, I i i notice that and i pick up on that and that's very very cool um that means a lot to me bro seriously thank you for all of that man um i yeah i mean I, dude i it's not even like trying to make a like trying to make like a point to do it. I mean, honestly, no, it's like, natural. I can tell you just, you it, just well, no, no, and I appreciate. It. I mean, but the thing is that it's like I think when you have people that are working with you on something, man, regardless of like where you're at in this like, I don't know, for lack of a better term, like hierarchy uh, right. of a business, right? Wherever you're at on that ladder, like, did you need to show appreciation for the people that are there? And if you have people that aren't really towing the line. You know, it's important to be stern, but you can be stern and try to every possible avenue to, to be positive about it. And dude, like nothing, nothing works well without everybody, dude. You know what I mean? Like, right. When I have one of the team members over there that's, you know, that's hanging out and, um, you know, they see they're being observant enough to see like, hey, you finished. I got another person that's going to be loading up and they go over there and hit it with a broom. 
Like, right. dude, that helps out everybody. That helps out me. And I'm so thankful for these guys. And I'm thankful for the team that I have, man. And I, I appreciate that a lot, bro, because, um, dude, one of my biggest prides uh, ever is being able to see like, uh, do diversity in, in, in attitude and in look, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, I like people to be able to express themselves and, and be who they are. Um, and uh, I'm very blessed to have the team that I, I have and the team that I've had, you know, um, I've had a couple people leave under circumstances that weren't like ideal. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, um, I think, you know, they, they wanted to try something new for them. And then the way that they, they I had one situation to not go into too much detail, but like, the way that they wound up leaving was like super odd. And I was just like, I was talking to them. I was like, bro, you know, uh, why, why would you go like this? Like, what is it? And he's like, honestly, dude, like, I didn't know how this was going to go. I didn't know how you were going to react. And I'm like, bro, I'm like, you know, what did you think? I was going to like, I was going to club you or something. and be like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Leave the salon? You, you know, you work here till you die. Come here, you, you know? son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, you dirty bastard. Come over. Hey, what are we talking about? So I was just like, no, you know, dude, I mean, like, you know, I was like saying, I'm like, dude, I'm sad to see you go, but like, you're brilliant. You know, I think that you're going to do great, you know? Yeah. Um, and then even after that, there was some stuff that was kind of weird with everything, but you know, that's neither here nor there. I, even with the people that aren't there anymore, I've gotten to learn a lot from them. Um, the time that we shared was cool. You know, yeah. uh, sometimes it's a little bit hard. I've had some situations that were pretty aggravating, but like, as far as a whole, bro, I feel like blessed uh, to have been able to do what we've done and have the people that we currently have and, and people that have moved away or, or just yeah. chosen different paths, you know, but uh, it, I will say this, man, it's weird. It's weird now because um, in the climate that we're in, it's strange because something that I love and I've always felt that I prided myself in was I accept everybody that walks through the door, but when I have to accept everybody that walks through the door, I expect, you know, especially if they work under the flag, right. That they have to do the same for other people as well. And that, that, that lately with the climate of everything has been a little bit challenging, yeah. uh, you know, as well as anybody else that everybody's like super polarized. So yeah. it's like, you know, like trying to like maintain this type of balance and saying like, Hey dude, like I accept you, you accept me. This person comes in school. I mean, bro, when this whole thing happened just with COVID dude, yeah. trying to wrap my mind around how to attend to everyone's emotions that were coming through the door was, was fucking exhausting, bro. Yeah, you know, well, because everybody's mask, coming from you're a different. Asshole. You're not wearing a mask. You're an asshole. Are you vaccinated? You're an asshole. I'm not vaccinated. Are you vaccinated? I am vaccinated. Well, you're an asshole. Now, yeah. are you vaccinated? You're wearing a mask. You're an asshole. Are you not vaccinated? A mask. You're an asshole. It's like, dude, can everybody just be cool? We've got the information. Just like, let's yeah. just, like, <laughs> chill the fuck out, man. Yeah. Do you want a haircut you know? or not? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, I just like, put this thing on there and like, yo, this is like a this is like a, a everybody's zone. Like one yeah. rule: be cool. Yeah. People are <laughs> um, crazy, man. So uh, you also, uh, so I, I have met your mother uh, and she is, she is a, a, a wonderful, she's a very, you can tell a very warm person. Stop, and, and very, she's very, Maria, dude. very she's inviting. The best. Yeah. The best. yeah. One of the hardest uh, working women you'll ever meet, man. Your, uh, your wife works there with you too. Absolutely, man. Now, then, I don't uh, know the story. Did you meet her through that or did she, did she already work no, with I, you? I did. Yeah. She actually got her hair done by us like back a while ago now. I'll be full disclosure. Yeah. Okay. I'm like seven years older than she is. So at the time when she was coming in there, like getting her hair done, she was like, I don't know, 16 or 17. I think I was like, whatever that would make me like 24. Yeah. That ain't right. Well, that's, I didn't yeah. like, so you know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, well at way, this she, point. Yeah. 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 At this, at this age, point, so, we're groovy. Yeah. We're copacetic now. Yeah. Saying, like, like, so when she first came in and like was hanging around, 
She yeah. was hanging around getting her hair done. She was actually getting her hair done at the time. Uh, this dude, Zach, we worked together. And uh, so that was the thing, because we were doing a lot of scenes to her hair and stuff like that. You know, the big flock of seagulls, like, you know, that that mod haircut that was popular for a run there. It was yeah. like the emo hair or whatever the hell you call it. Yeah. Uh, so she was big into getting that stuff done. Uh, life took everything different directions. And then um, through a good buddy of mine who you, you guys may have met if you've been over at Brower House, he was a, a giant and an incredible guy uh, they called him steve his name was steve but everybody called him evil his name was steve evil he's a giant the giant ball guy with usually a big goatee big, that worked yeah. hour. okay me and him had been friends for a long time and um uh alex had started working uh over there and she wanted to get into a hair shop because she's done hair for a while um and so he told her to introduce her to me and then it kind of just like you know like it, it went from there like later on we were working honestly um I didn't think that my wife actually liked me like that at all. I mean, my wife is like this extraordinarily beautiful woman, super great, super smart. You know what I mean? A total yeah. pistol ball buster. Like you wouldn't believe, but mm. like, you know, like I, my buddy was like telling me like, dude, like, I think she likes it. I'm like, nah, dude, she's kind of go through a bunch of stuff. You know what I mean? Like all that. There's no way. I mean, dude, like, listen to me. I'm like a fucking, like a glorified garden gnome. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> no, I. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. Well, I saw the I saw the one I saw the garden gnome that you've got at your uh, station right now. That my she, wife bought it for. She me. gave it she to you for Halloween. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> just like you. It's got no, like it was like I almost didn't even want to say anything, but he like I'm sitting there, I'm getting my hair cut, and he does have this garden gnome, and and you're like and it does look like and it's kind of got like this evil look in its eyes. It's like for Halloween and stuff, but I was like. Kind of looks like Dave, you know. But I don't want to say and then he was telling me, he's like, "Yeah, it, bro, but my wife right. got it for me because she thought it looked like me." I was... Seriously, bro. I mean, listen to me. Do you know how fucked up Halloween has been for me? Okay. <laughs> I don't have options, man. Yeah. I don't have options. I either get garden gnome or I get like you know some warrior dwarf. That's the right. costumes that I get. I get me like Gimli or whatever from Lord of the Rings. That's like pretty much the two options that I get. And other than yeah. that, it's like, you know. You're asking well, me to walk around, throw a braid on the top. I'm a Viking. I'm this, I'm that. Yeah. No, not me. But either way, so like we, we, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, things kind of like happened. We were just like hanging out. And at, at some point, like it was like acknowledged that uh, she was, I mean, she's this, you know, great person. So, you know, we, we the relationship kind of, you know, built naturally that way. Um, and it's, it's worked out pretty good. It's, it's not easy, like working with. And then when you're married, you're living with the person that you're working with. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's not for anything, dude, she's like a tactician of what she does. I mean, honestly, like the shop wouldn't be uh, what it is without her, dude. She is uh, uh, unbelievably smart, uh, business-minded, um, and just so many programs and things that we've been working on wouldn't have even existed if it wasn't for for her thought putting putting it in that. So definitely, you know, lucked out on that one so far. You know what I'm saying? So Yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. No, I mean, I'm I, on your podcast in a couple of months, but I'm broadcasting from a fucking van outside of your house. You know that shit yeah. sideways real quick. <laughs> things things yeah. didn't go quite the way you thought. Yeah, exactly. I'll be in the van with a little bubble window and I'll just be like, bro, listen, this is where I keep my clothes. Yeah. This is where I keep shit. <laughs> great to be back on the show <laughs> it's great to be back on the show you, i gotta ask you about the name of your show, the clothes though because you talked yeah. about you talked about you know the division of society right now and we all know it's insane yeah um crook county could have some divisive political undertones or undertones. i never know the difference um is that i has that created any issues or is that good for sales well you want to know what's weird man it's like it's like a little column a a little column b um 
Crook County, it's interesting because like, I didn't come up with the name, right? I, I, was, I was drawing political cartoons when we started wanting to make these shirts. And I'm like, well, I'm enjoying drawing these political cartoons. And then I would always write under the name of it Crook County because most of it was based upon, you know, cartoons about people that try to take always money over people and, and different things like that. Like I had these drawings of this like bearded crazy guy with the big top hat and he's holding on to this giant coin. I did a lot of stuff with rats. I would always draw these freaking rats on it, like trying to like hoard all their coins and uh, uh, stuff like that. You know what I mean? I did one that was pretty awesome. It was this giant vulture that was standing on top of this one cane and it had this big hat. And there was like this, all these like people that were stacking like coins up as tall as this thing was. So like the, 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 if the, if the uh, vulture was this big, like the people were down here, it was like that type of drawing and it always be signed under like Crook County. Um, so the Crook County has been around like the Windy City, right? And the Windy right. City sto stood for politics. That's mm -hmm. that's where that thing right. came from. Same with Crook County, right? right. Um, what wound up happening is it was just a term that I thought was great. Um, it's a statewide issue that we have here for sure. But I mean, Chicago is the city of the state. If anybody wants to talk about Illinois, they talk about Chicago. Right. Uh, and that's where a lot of like pretty goofy policy resides. But at the time when I was doing it, it was more like an overall broad broadcasting thing about how many people in power, particularly in the state, will always go out of the route of fast money rather than trying to take care of the people. Um, and I think a lot of people got that. But how we wound up going forward with Crook County was, I didn't believe for a second I could own the name. Okay, everybody owns everything in every variation. Yeah. Everything. Like try and get a fucking domain name. You'll know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Everybody owns everything. So me and my, my, my boy, Joe, man, my partner, my brother, we're like, we're, we're making this stuff. Stuff is moving. We're making sales on it. It's going pretty well. We're having fun doing it. And like, we're trying to make it into a business. It's like, dude, we're going to build this thing up. We don't know the name. We're just waiting for like a cease and desist letter from somebody. So we wanted to federally register, you know, our logo and federally register the name, which we thought, who the fuck would ever think that we'd get Crook County? Okay. Yeah. We send this thing out for Crook County. Nobody owns the name. One person had it and let it lapse. Maybe they didn't do anything with it or it didn't work, but nobody owned it. Wow. So, you know, we paid, we paid the, like whatever the hell it was, a thousand dollars on that on top of our main logo. Cause we like, anytime we do any type of a business, man, like if I'm going to go forward with it, I want to own every facet of it. So nobody can come over here and try and screw me around. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Sure. So we own, you know, we own the logo on the, the, the bear logo, the C star, which is like the letter mark. And then the right. verbiage Crook County, we own for all apparel, shoes, hats and everything else. But it was just by some, it was by some, stroke of luck man that nobody had owned that name you know and as to go into what you were saying about like the political connotation of it, it it's it's interesting because before everything got all nuts okay pretty much anybody who saw it whether you were on the right or on the left knew that this state was pretty much full of shit and it has been for a long time okay yeah. now it's interesting because you know, Crook County, I, you know, I it had a lot in the car community, the motorcycle community, a, a good friend of mine, a brother of mine, Mike, he runs a Chicago United, this massive, amazing stunt rider crew. It's, dude, we're talking a thousand plus bikes when these guys roll out, you know, um, like guys that are from all different walks of life will, you know, rock like the Crook County stuff that are in, in that group. And it's just kind of like a badge of honor that you're able to like live in and ride through the city or you're in the city and you're like, you know, it's interesting because I've had people try to go after me that, you know, people, when you're trying to build something, usually people that, that, that don't want to take the risk, nor do they want, do they want to put in the time or the quickest to try and cut you down. I had people that were coming after me, being, trying to pull this whole thing. Like, Oh man, you're just trying to capitalize on gun violence in the city. And it's bad enough about doing all this shit. And I'm like, bro, if you look at any of the artwork, 
If you look at anything, even the whole entire point. Nothing that infers that at all. Yeah. Nothing. Dude, I didn't make a shirt called freaking Chirac. Yeah. Right? Crook County is about the policies. Crook County is about the people that keep everybody divided while they're sucking in and pay all the cash like some freaking crazy. You know, and honestly, I I never, you know, at any point, you know, ever really thought of it as being biased towards left or right in either direction. No, it wasn't. I mean, it was, it was, just, it was about poor politics in this yeah. state particularly. And it just, it also, it also had the punch of a cheeky name, you know, anybody yeah. that, anybody that, that goes through Chicago knows about Illinois and sees Crook County. They're like, Oh, I get that. You know, it's like, yeah, right. You know, exactly. Yeah. Part of it was, was that kind of like a joking punch, you know what I mean? Right. And it's like, it's, but it's something that like, you know, anyone can take something and then make it too serious. Then it needs to be, 100%. That, you know, I mean, you could take yeah. a Warner brothers cartoon and then say, well, they're, well, they they're, they're trying, yeah, they're <laughs> yeah, trying, yeah, they're yeah, trying well, to do sure. this and they're trying to say this. And it's like, no, they're just, they're just having fun, man. You know, it's like, yeah. no, 100 i mean sometimes it just is what it is i mean like and and it's interesting because crook county started to move uh everything started getting crazy you know we had three months being shut down because of the pandemic three months the whole building was closed down and we still were paying rent on that space yeah okay? it was madness and then we had the waves and peaks because everyone's nervous about this scared about that they come back in they want to go out again it's like it was it was all over the place um wound up deciding that I wanted to take down the clothing store and I expanded the barbershop over to the side. We brought everything online. And at the time we did that um, is when um, I started another clothing company because I felt pretty passionate about um, pretty passionate about watching the last three years, you know, and seeing what my eyes are seeing and then watching the media try to tell me that what I'm literally watching and hearing isn't happening before my very eyes. And it made me crazy. And the divisiveness, the division uh, that, 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 that had sowed was unbelievable. So I started another company with my, my, my boy, Joe, um, we started ironclad resolve and that's another clothing company. We do a lot of like commentary stuff, a lot of video stuff on our social media platforms and everything. I've got crazy stories. You want to talk about censorship and getting shut down, bro, baby, they were just smoking accounts left and right for us. But that, that clothing brand, you know, uh, that clothing brand is clearly one-sided without a doubt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and and it's, it's weird because dude, like, uh, you know, I'm, I, I can give you my political position like this and I can make it pretty straight. And this is what's weird because people, I don't know how they don't grasp because I feel a lot of people that actually will look at what I'm about to say, they'll find themselves in the same boat, right? If you were to look at my political beliefs as a dial on an old radio, Okay. I was always set like center, maybe even a little bit left of center. Okay. With my, with my beliefs, like I, I believe people that are freaking gay and lesbian, I believe if they want to get married, they should get married. If they're going into a church or a synagogue that doesn't agree with it, it's like build something else and get married there. Just, just do, do like, let, don't let the pendulum swing all the way, find balance. That's where I've been. You know, I, I, I love people from all different cultures. I think that all kinds of different stuff is awesome. However, I don't necessarily believe that I'm supposed to engage with another person if they believe they're a trans-dimensional fucking space cat. And I'm supposed to say like, oh yeah, you're a trans-dimensional space cat. Like I like there to be some kind of balance. So if you're looking at my beliefs, dude, I swear, dude, listen, there's pronouns now that are ghost or ghost self. These are people that like, they want to be identified as ghosts. And it's like, normally that would to me was a nickname. We, I had, I had tattoo artists named ghost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, either way, I'm going off on a tangent. My whole thing about getting back to is that this is why I found it so weird is that if you were to look at my beliefs and if I was a dial on old radio, I was always set to center, maybe a little left of center. Now, skip forward to today, 
I am a full-blown 100% Republican, 100%. And I never changed my views. Yeah. So how the fuck did that happen? Okay. So like, dude, am I, am I over here being like, oh, get, get gay people out. They can't freaking get married. All this is no, do nothing. My, my dial is still in the middle. I've always been more of a live and let live motherfucker. Just don't try to overbear anybody else's shit on anybody else. Don't do it to me. I don't want to do it to you. Yada, yada. So my yeah. dial never moved. And yeah. somehow I'm a, 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 I'm a crazy Republican. And I think that that, that in itself would explain what the whole entire thing is. You know what I mean? Like, so, uh, you know, kind of on a tangent there, but like the ironclad resolve went more on the political realm because that's what it was designed for. Kirk yeah. County really pertained to like Illinois, you know, yeah. using Chicago as basically a home base that's easily recognizable. But when we started it, it was about the politics of people that would take money over people. Right. And it wasn't really a left or a right thing because we've had Republicans in office over here that fucked this state up. And then we've had Democrats over here that has completely fucked the state up too. So it's just kind of like, dude, like there's enough meat on the bone to let everybody get a little nibble. You know what I mean? Just if you could just take your fist and just remove it from our asshole. That'd be like <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So am I going too hard? Like with all the swearing, talking shit on this? No, well, it's a little right. late now to bring that up. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I should have asked you at the beginning. We start bro. over. Bombing. I mean, you know, I thing. don't know. No, you're fine, buddy. Uh, one sorry, thing I did. Bro. One thing I did want to. <laughs> no, you're good, buddy. Um, one thing I did want to touch on though is again, a lot of facets to you. Photography is a big thing with you, man. You I do love some, it, bro. You do some awesome photography. It's on display in in Hairborne and um, yeah. I, I, I love, cool. yeah, all the website stuff you do. I mean, everything, it's really fantastic. I mean, like you just great work, man. It's, you have a great eye dude, for thank it. you, man. That and means when, a lot to me. I really did, love that. Dude. When did that start coming into play for you? Like when did dude, you say, you know, when did it you was another serious? thing with just kind of rolling with the punches, bro. Uh, you know, like I, and I, and it was this pretty tragic event that turned out to yield some pretty cool stuff. You know what I mean? Um, I, I had a couple of different partners that got invested in the crook. Uh, one of them was uh, one of the most, dude, incredible, most talented videographers and photographers like ever, dude, ever, you know, uh, and somebody who's taught me like quite a bit, dude. As a matter of fact, when he left, I was pretty salty and pretty pissed off about it. I think mostly it was because like he was... Uh, I don't know, he was kind of like a mentor in the stuff that he was doing. It was so, dude, this guy's videography was incredible. His, his I can't explain how talented this guy is, dude. Okay, yeah. Rob, uh, Rob from uh, Cairo. He owns a company called Cairo. Um, uh, he's got a great team, but dude, this, I, I, I can't tell you how much I look up to this dude. And in this realm, the stuff that he makes, bro, in, in just a camera sweep or the edit or whatever it is, he can convey such emotion out of whatever the hell it is that he's trying to get at. He just does it. And he was part of crook right so for this whole thing that was going on we were making content together um i i would run his second camera when he would have it set normally when we did photo shoots i was posing a lot of the models and kind of i knew what i wanted to get i didn't understand the functionality of the camera right. but i could always see what i what i'd like to see and rob was great at, at capturing it um and we were doing all this stuff dude our video content i did this whole series called respect earn Okay. Mm -hmm. And if you guys ever have a chance to, it's up on YouTube for Crook County Respect Earned. I think we did like four or five videos. And what I wanted to do is I was trying to highlight local business people and entrepreneurs and workers, people that worked at different facets of life that got up and got after it every day. And I wanted to highlight That's the awesome, people man. that worked hard at yeah. what they did. And what I did, and I talked to Rob and we were trying to get to do like maybe one a month or one every two months. 
Um, I'd be able to get Rob with me. I'd interview the person and kind of talk to them. You'd have Rob sh shots of their business, of them. I, I cannot wait for you guys to watch these videos. You'll know what I'm talking about. Rich, Crook County, Respect Earn. And there's like five videos. They're only about like four minutes to five minutes each. On right? our so, on our on our YouTube channel, we have a section of videos that are related to episodes. And so when this episode comes out, we will link those to our YouTube page so our viewers awesome, can dude. go and check that shit. Thank out. you, man. So, Thank yeah. you, bro. Because all the people that are on there, um, you know, are still working in their prospective businesses. And the whole point that I wanted to do with the Respect Earned Initiative was to not just highlight entrepreneurs of a particular kind. If it was somebody that invested their time in music, I mean, I was trying to get to the point where I wanted to interview due to a waitress. I wanted to interview like, I, I like, and I got, I've got a, a great selection of people before Rob decided that this, the, the, what we were working on with Crook, you didn't have the time for because everything was blown up with, with, uh, with Cairo. Um, and he had other opportunities that presented themselves, you know what I mean? So that took a big blow. But before we got to that, um, that point, Dude, it was cool because I wanted to be able to utilize this stuff to use the tools that I'm now getting with Crook to try and help other people who are struggling to get their name and their brand out there. Yeah. Uh, or just to highlight what a person is like the person that's doing their best job when they're serving like a drink is important. Man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, got, I got my one buddy, Jerry, on there that's a tattoo artist is awesome. I wanted to try and get a lot of people from a lot of walks of life. So sorry on yeah. that tangent right there. But the reason to explain how cool these things were is that once you see it, you're going to understand the caliber of person I was working with yeah. and the amount of loss that was felt once he decided this wasn't for him. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So now we're going into Corona. All this stuff is falling apart. Sales are down. I can't keep the store open. We're at month one, month two. Rob is out now. He leaves. I got so pissed because it was going to have been a worse time. On top of everything else, now our content's going to look like we're dead too. You know, yeah. like mm -hmm. how can this happen? You know, and and later on, I I understood I understand more because I, I was so frustrated by all the pressure that I let it get the better of me. But at the same time, it also is one of those things where I'm I'm weird. I, I like I I feel that I'm a I, I feel that I'm a pretty nice person on most accounts. But I, I get I, I get like I get these moments if somebody says that like I can't or something can't do it. That's when I, I go like, no, fuck that. Now, 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 I'm, now I'm out to destroy. I'm going to do this so good. You're going to notice me again. Right. right. Yeah. That's what I want to do. So what wound up happening was once he left, I'm sitting here and kind of in a panic. I'm talking with Joe. I don't have any content anymore. I mean, we're, we're and dude, like, what the hell are we supposed to do? So I said, you know what? Fuck this. I know the shots that I want to get. I need to learn the camera and I need to learn how to, how to utilize the camera to get what I'm thinking to try and get. And I said, fuck it. So I went and got a camera. I remember that I was running the second camera with, with him. Uh, I started training with a couple of friends of mine, just like a shout out to them. If they ever wind up watching this thing, Did uh, Lance, he taught me a lot. I, so I, he would shoot with me at my shop and I would watch, run his camera, ask him questions, see what he was doing. And all three of these guys, they shot off of different systems. Okay. So when I was working with Rob, he shot off of Sony uh um uh, nikon was shot off of uh, my boy lance who helped me out a lot um my um th this guy fazil actually in la was somebody that he never was out here but when i call him he'd give me some advice over the phone so fazil is a great photographer too um nick duel dude he's, he's one of those people when you meet him you're gonna love this guy dude just like incredible and he helped me out so much it was unbelievable man like so you always had, a lot, of, you had a lot of you had a lot of different trainers to draw from. i did and i tried to go with every one of them bro and dude yeah. chris terrell this is another guy man that i wound up meeting he actually worked for like a cleaning service company as like this head manager find out that he's like this 
landscape photographers uh, photographer that bro his landscape shit will make will like make you feel like you know he, dude he, he can make you could be standing in front of the biggest piece of shit and he can just take a picture of it and all of a sudden you're just like this ain't such a big piece of shit you know this is all right <laughs> yeah. it's, he's unbelievable and that dude taught me so much man so a parallel uh, no 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 but, a quick a quick yeah. parallel to that though to wrestling yeah. is is that when you go into training uh you know you you typically i mean you may start with a trainer who you're with possibly the longest but it's in your yeah. best interest to train with different trainers from different backgrounds that do different styles and can learn different things so that you can take all of those different aspects from all of those guys and then you create your own move set and your own style from the parts that you like and feel comfortable with from all those different for people. Sure. So what you're talking Absolutely. about, what you're talking about sounds very familiar to me. It's like you, you learn from all these people, you take what you, you know, what you want from it. And then from there you yeah. build your own set, you know? Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, and the other thing too, it's like, it's, it's out of uh, uh, gratitude for these people being willing to do it. It's also out of necessity. I mean, bro, at the time when this was going on, the numbers are down. When we had to shut the shop down, I used the rest of the cash to make sure my team was squared away. Okay. And I've got enough in there to float rent. I figured we'd be closed for two weeks, maybe a month. So now we're going on two, three months when nothing's going on. Rob's gone. We have no content for this. I'm, I just got this house and my, my, my now wife, okay, was watching way too much Joanna Gaines. Okay. And we bought the, like, we were in the nicest neighborhood. We bought the biggest piece of shit in the neighborhood okay and i'm proud to say that i'm pretty handy with a good amount of stuff but yeah. i was also sectioning off cash for that right so i gutted this house in seven days by myself seven days i got three quarters of it gutted and then the everything shut down bro <sighs> so now i've got this house that's completely trashed the shop is shut down i've had cash that was set aside to do this so i'm spread out so when I, the reason why i'm bringing all this up is because how grateful i am to get to train with all three of these guys that shot on different platforms that I couldn't afford to make a mistake on what platform I was going to buy. You know, I needed something that was really great for photography and, and, and in one unit can give me at least good, if not pretty great uh, video footage. Right. And it was a lot of that was out of necessity because I didn't have like a bunch of spare cash to drop $3,000 on a body and a, a couple thousand on lenses. And then all of a sudden realize that I'm, I, I, Hey, I, I don't get this. I'm working with this guy that uses that or whatever. I really wanted to try before I spent the money to get the best unit. Right. So through the grace of these guys that helped me out, you know, I stumbled across uh, uh, what I wanted to shoot with, which was on a Sony platform. And there were so many facets to getting to work with three people because just understanding how camera functionality works that goes across all three platforms was great. And then once I zeroed in on what I really wanted, it helped me out a lot. So that was a huge story over some of the asked. I apologize for rambling out. I talk like an asshole, but no, like, I mean, dude, it was interesting because bro, like that was the thing that was really cool about it. And, and, Dude, lo and behold, that it was so stressful. Dude, I'm going on photo shoots finally. I'm starting to get a little bit of the functionality of the camera. I know what I want to see, and I just keep firing away and trying to get it. And, and, you know, for me, I was really good at moving stationary lights to get the lighting exactly where I wanted because I, I, didn't, I didn't know how to work with, like, flash photography yet. And I was starting to get some really good stuff, man, and, and it, was, it was good enough to make it look like we weren't completely dead, like completely underwater. Right. I yeah. started getting weird dude testing stuff with green screen shooting. I never did that before. I was putting people in different freaking scenarios and cool places doing cool stuff. And like by some dude, by some grace of God, dude, I was able to get it to where it didn't, it, it looked pretty damn good. 
and well, it you didn't know look what? like all of nowhere the company was dead you know what i mean even even the technology aside and everything though you do have you one of the most important things if not the most important thing is you have an eye for it you know thanks man what a good shot looks like and so i've seen your your work and i just and you know when in in wrestling you know you do a lot of like promo shots and stuff like that but you get no direction i mean it's you get you stand you stand in front of the camera and it's like it's up to you to decide like what are you going to pose as what are you going to do what's your picture going to be and there's a lot of times where it's like if you don't have any experience in that you know you don't know what to do so you just you know you make a face or you throw out the front front double bicep or you give a thumbs up or you give the middle finger or whatever the hell right you know it's no 100 because you don't you don't know you know so but i so i appreciate when somebody and once in a blue moon you might have a photographer who's like okay here like let's try doing this and let's put you here and stuff and that takes right. a certain talent and a certain eye so i appreciate dude, it for sure thank you dude honestly one of the biggest blessings of all this is i want to fall in love with it man like i like it's probably one of my favorite things to do yeah, like cool. and I, dude i've gotten to shoot with so many people that have so many different looks and it, it's not about like what somebody would consider to be like your standard like attractive just person like some like instagram model or supermodel thing yeah it's yeah. like everybody no, dude, everybody times. has something about them that is supermodel about them and yeah. it, when you get behind the lens and you light them and you see their attitude or you put them in a situation that makes whatever they are look the coolest, it's yeah. the best fucking feeling in the world. It's awesome. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I well, love that. We, uh, we're going to start. We get some shots of you, bro, freaking putting somebody in a chokehold. We've got a picture of me putting this guy in a chokehold. Oh, now, see, now it's got to turn up. Yeah. Yeah. What's going on here, bro? Uh, <laughs> Um, I, I have one last question for you. Um, and I, yeah. I know I'm stealing, I'm stealing John's question here. Cause I know this is right up his sleeve. I know that he's, okay. been, he's been waiting for the whole show to ask you this, but I'm going to take it anyway, because All right. just because this wrestling match for the next podcast is on, by the way, I can see yes. it. John, I, John's got the glasses <laughs> on, but I can see it. That's the nod of disapproval. So here's, here's disdain, the other disdain. Here's the big, here's the big question. Who yeah. Dave are going on? does your hair who does my hair (laughs) dude you know what's wild uh uh, my mom did it for a long time okay yeah uh and i had this one thing where if she ever stopped doing hair i just wasn't gonna cut it anymore you know what i mean it was like one of those things almost because like she was just the the best at it but dude my boy tiny at the shop uh, he's been doing hair now i think for four years man he decided that he wanted to start doing hair when he was like uh, i think 39 or something or 38 Yeah. And he switched into the career. He worked really hard at it. He became a really great barber. So, you know, he chops me up. The problem with, with the problem with Mama Ragona or like my wife is that nobody listens to anything the fuck I want. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so, <laughs> I, you know what I mean? Like, dude, like I know they that, do you, you know, up the wife, way they want you to look. Yeah. Yeah, bro. You know, I'm, I'm gonna wind up looking like fucking a fat Scott Bayo over here with that like <laughs> you know what I mean. It's like you can't do that to me, man. I just don't look at it. Shave, shave the beard off. They take the beard down. I'm like, dude, listen, okay. I look like a th- I look like a thumb without a beard. That's what I look like. I look like a fucking thumb. Terrible. I'm trying to I'm trying to keep a marriage afloat. You want me to shave my beard? Are you fucking nuts? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's great. I'll be in that fucking van faster than you can blink an eye. She's gonna wake up next to me after I pull off my sleep apnea mask and I don't have the fucking beard. Yeah. She'd be like, what, the fuck did I, what did I do? <laughs> 
John, you have uh, anything you? No, uh, you stole my question. You yeah, I, I know. I'm sorry, <laughs> man. I knew that was. I knew that you, you were waiting on that one. But um, well, well dude, Dave, before we go, do we, if we have just a couple of seconds, too, man, I wanted to ask you guys, dude. So, like, yeah, what this? What's on the docket for the for the next wrestling thing? Like, dude, we're talking about photography, dude. That could be fun to shoot some stuff. Uh, but like, dude, I know that you train. You're training people. Like, you got anything like up on the list or something that we can go to? I, I couldn't make it to the last one, dude. So what's going there's, on with that? Uh, right now, there's nothing immediate on the horizon. But I am in the hopes of. Uh, I I I would like to think I have not had my last match. I have a uh, a plan. Uh, I won't I won't divulge it all on here. But I have a a, a storyline that I think would go very well as far as me taking my exit from in ring competition. Um, but there, even after that is concluded, I mean, there's still a lot of other things that you can do. You know, be a manager. You can do commentary. I mean, there's all sorts of yeah. different different. Uh, roles to play in pro wrestling and so i i don't plan on leaving uh the business ever really i mean Good, uh, yeah. you'll never you'll never hear me say i'm retired even if it's <laughs> even right. if i even if i if, if in my mind you know like i have this i built up in my head as my last match or whatever it's right. just you never say never and and everyone who says they retire ends up saying it two more times you know it's like At they yeah, so I will never say I'm retired, and um, I do still have some hopes. And it's uh, it's funny because a client and I were talking about this earlier because they were asking me about why I stopped doing competitive bodybuilding, and that was because I at that point was doing pro wrestling, and you can't diet and train for a bodybuilding show and still be able to perform in the ring the same right. way. You don't have right. the, you don't have you you won't have the same level of energy. You're on a completely different type of workout routine and schedule and stuff. So I backed away from that. The thing is, is that if I ever wanted to get back into bodybuilding again, I can do that at a later age. I could do that in my fifties or something and and still do it. But if I'm going to do the in ring exit, I need to do that soon because my body is only going to last much so much longer for that because you got to yeah, remember that well i mean as old as i am everyone else in the ring are like 18 20 years old hopped right. up on red bulls you know it's like i right. i'm out there like <laughs> you know, trying to keep up with them and stuff so but Dude, no, they, I, got those, they got those like rubber band like the like the freaking just a super elastic rubber band tendons too man like when yeah we're eight, it's when we're 18 it's yeah like, yeah i you know I, if i ever make it upstairs you know yeah i'm gonna ask god you know, <laughs> the fuck? You know what i'm no, saying i want to ask him i want like why can't we have like vampire rules where you just yeah. keep getting stronger and cooler the older As you, you get are older, until yeah. you've had enough and then you yeah. walk out in the sun and fucking explode well like, when you know? i when i've been in when i've been in in recent practices and stuff i mean like you know the majority of the people there they're yeah i mean like at best they're maybe 24 or 28 right. i think i think 28 might be like the oldest person in the class i mean you know and that's right. still you know at least 15 some years younger than me so uh but yeah no you haven't seen the last of me in the ring i will definitely let you know the next time i'm going to be if you can come out yeah. and shoot it we would love if there's to anything you. talking about retirement on there from just the ring side i need to get i need i need to oh be no there. i i'll i'll if if it's if it's oh, getting... we'll know. he's retiring we'll know yeah you'll i'll, I'll yeah, let you know it's on. i'll let you know 
Well, Dave, thank you so much, man. You've been a delight. I, I knew you would be. Yeah, I've been, I wanting, you, to, I've been wanting to get you on the show. And you know I love you too, man. Um, I yeah. my I love you. My brother loves you. And, uh, and I know you. so many other people do. I admire you uh, for so many reasons, just who you are as a person, your ability, Thanks, your ability to share that with the world through both who you are and through your arts in all the various capacities. And um, it's just Thanks, been a real pleasure to get to share you with the rest of the world today. So thanks for being best, here bro. with us, man. Thanks for your time. Yeah, we appreciate it. Yeah, dude, big time. Dude, John, it's so good to meet you, man. And like, you guys, thank you for having me on here, dude. It's been great just to talk with you and, and shoot the shit. But, you know, uh, there's tons of op uh, people out there I think are far more interesting than me. So the opportunity, man, I, I appreciate a, a lot, dude. So thank you guys fun, so much. Man. No, yeah, man. hell yeah. It was a blast, man. All right, buddy. Cool. I'll see you in a few weeks, man. All right. I love you, brother. I'll All talk right, to cool, you guys man. later. Take care. Later, man. Well, there he is, ladies and gentlemen, Dave Ragona. He is a man of many talents. Uh, he's just, you know, I, I can't even put into words. Uh, I love that dude. He's just nothing but positivity. Um, you know, I just, I, I you know, he, he always leaves me buzzing, you know. I mean, no no pun intended, but, like, when I <laughs> when I go and I see him, you know, I'm like, I, I, of course, walk out feeling better just for, you know, getting a nice, you know, cut and everything. But it's just, you know, getting to sit in the chair, you know, with a buddy and, and you know, and, and, you know, talk and everything. I'm always honestly and I, I should have I wish I mentioned it to him, but hopefully he'll hear this now. But like I'm I'm disappointed that it takes so little time to cut my hair because <laughs> because I'm only there for like I'm sitting in the chair like maybe like 12 minutes or something like well, that. Well, here's a novel idea. You know, you could like, I don't know, ask him to go to lunch sometime, hang out. <laughs> it's a crazy well, no, it's not just that. It's the haircut experience, though, too. I mean, I do yeah. like getting the, the haircut though too so know? would he be described as a renaissance man because the guy does everything photography i, I, I would haircut, say so yeah. Line. yeah absolutely i mean he's uh he's <laughs> he's uh he's 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 the man for his time I hate guys like that. you know i mean like he no I he, do everything i can't do anything all i got yeah. is a dumb podcast no, i mean no. i got this really cool podcast that's yeah. what i met yeah well anyway um uh we will uh we will get his uh social media stuff and and have it posted up on uh on our links for the show uh we did not ask him about that but uh they dropped the ball again else well i'm not well, we always only... put it up anyway yeah and i'm not the only one on the show here you know you were steering this one yeah yeah and you were sitting in the back seat uh well you were stealing my questions jerk i took one question and yeah i had two to ask and you took one <laughs> So anyway, thank you again, Dave, for being on the thank show. You, Dave. Uh, it was really awesome. And this is one of the things I like about doing this show is being able to, uh, you know, share uh, people I know like him with with everybody else and let them get to see, you know, like this guy exists and this is what he does and he's the man, you know. So uh, so that was a lot of fun and uh, really happy we had him. As am I. Good dude. John, let me ask you a question. If someone out there wanted to say, see a picture of you and what your hair might look like if they haven't already, 
where can they find you on social media? It's quite simple. They can find me at John G's Beat anywhere, but especially on the John G's Beat on the John GRL's podcast. <laughs> See, it should be the John G's Beat podcast. But anyway, it's the John GRL <laughs> podcast. That's the best place to find me. You know, it's the most entertaining. Is this, where is, oh is where there, is there is there an insurrection brewing is are you like gonna are you gonna try to like you know is this gonna be we'll, we'll talk about that on the show when we don't have guests do i need uh, to get nervous around like january 6th you know like, when we don't you know, when, when we don't have a guest we'll be talking are you, about are that you, are you and your your cronies gonna storm the building here and maybe and like climb the walls and take over the podcast but until then for the one <laughs> or two people that might be interested in in you where can uh, they find stuff about you? Stuff about me? Well, they can find stuff about me on the gram at Tommy underscore else. They can find stuff about me on the twit at Tommy underscore else. They can find stuff about me on the John G or else Facebook page. They can find stuff about me on the John G or else YouTube channel. Or Shouldn't that just be the tube? Or they can find something about me on the spot <laughs> at the John G. Orell's podcast. Or if they wanted to find my own personal video channel. Yeah, on, like that's going to happen. On the tube, they can find it under Tommy Ells. So with that, as always, I've been joined by Mr. John. Rob Lasky, and I have been who else but Tommy else. Until next time, be cool. He didn't promote the shirts. Pete. Oh, you can get our shirts at ProWrestlingTees.com, too, under the Jodgy's Beat store. So thank you, and goodbye.